Welcome to When God Breaks Through, a podcast designed to look at the messy moments in motherhood and show how the gospel applies in practical ways, giving us hope and grace as we interact with our own kids. You'll hear crazy stories and life lessons from my mothering of eight kids. But more importantly, you'll hear the hope Jesus offers us for peace and not anxiety, for grace both for ourselves and to extend to our kids, and wisdom to point them to Him. I'm your host, Bethany Kimsey. Welcome to the kitchen table today. I am so excited for what we're going to talk about today. We're going to be talking about how do we handle anxiety, worry, panic, the things that bring us great desperation and just can well up inside of us sometimes in motherhood without understanding what's happening. And sometimes we know what's happening. How do we actually handle that? with the truth of the gospel. The whole premise of this time of this podcast is to say, how do we actually take what we hear about in the Bible and make it intersect our real life? And so today, my friend Candace Roberts is joining me and she's my friend in real life. And I'm so, she's a writer friend and we've been in writing groups together. And I, um, I I feel so blessed to have her as a friend and as a prayer warrior on my behalf, but Candace is joining us today and we're going to be having this conversation and Candace is um, just so that you know a little bit about her. She is a writer. Uh, She's written four fiction books. One is coming out very soon, right? Candace, Mm -hmm. is that true? Yes. Uh And then she also has, she's also written a Christian mental health resource for you. This story, what we're about to talk about today is near and dear to her because it is her story too. So as you're listening today, I hope that you will sit for a minute with the Lord and hear what he has to say to your soul. But Candace, I'm excited that you're here. Thank you for coming. And I just want you to kind of introduce yourself a little bit to everybody. Sure. I, first, I want to say it is like the biggest honor. I, the first time I ever met you, you were like my hero, my, my motherhood hero. And, um, I, I, it was one, it was my first year homeschooling and you were doing a, a homeschooling group at the church and I joined it on a whim. And, um, you were just like this bigger than life. You were like my, my motherhood celebrity. (laughs) And so I feel so honored to be here. And I'm so glad that you are, um, that you are, you know, putting these things out there because they were so helpful to me, um, in my motherhood. And so I, my story is long and drawn out. I like anybody's, you know, so, but the short, the short version based on what we're going to be talking about today is, um, I, my earliest um, memories include anxiety and panic, panic attacks. I've just, I've suffered from that most of my life, if not all of my life, because obviously there's life that I can't remember, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but from a very, very young age. And so I grew up in an age where it was not like, there was no internet. There was no like Googling symptoms. There was no, any of that. So I didn't really know what I was dealing with. 
And so in addition to that, there was, you know, there were things in my childhood and trauma, things like that, trauma, things Mm -hmm. that just were um, not conducive to, you know, even if I didn't have anxiety, it probably would have been difficult. And so just over the years um, of dealing with this for a long time, I didn't even know what it was. I didn't have a name for it. So I, um, I was always searching for an answer for key for like some magic thing that would, that would take it away and never could find that. I came across a resource in my late twenties. I was already a mom. I got married really young. So I was married at 19 and then I was a mom by the time I was 21. And so I was still struggling with all of this, um, and looking for answers and just really thinking that there was something wrong with me. I was also, I grew up in church. So I grew up, um, we were at church every time the doors opened. It was, we, I was in a, you know, pretty legalistic, like strict system. It was very performance based. Mm -hmm. And so we were all, I was always trying to like meet the criteria, you know, to feel like I was good enough for God and that I was doing, um, that I was doing good, you know? And so, um, that all, that all contributed to this, but my first, my first inkling that I had a name for this was a book that I picked up called, um, from panic to power. And it was not a Christian resource. It was a secular resource. And it was one of the first ones I'd read because my whole life I was told, you know, stay away from all this worldly stuff. You know, we were, you know, only Christian stuff, only Christian music, only Christian, you know, it was all about like staying in the, um, in, in the faith. And so I picked up this book and this woman, the way that she was writing, I was like, oh my goodness, like, Mm -hmm. this is me. This is what I'm suffering Mm -hmm. from. This is what I'm going through. And so I finally had a name. Not only did I have a name, but I had somebody saying, Hey, uh, this isn't, this isn't abnormal. Like a lot of people go through this, you know, like I thought for the longest time, like I'm the only one, there's something wrong with me. I'm going crazy. Like, you know, this, I'm, I'm just bad. You know, the Lord's punishing me. I just thought all of these things and this just really validated what I, you know, the things I was suffering from. And so um, you know, along that way, then I started learning more about, you know, our body, more about anxiety, more about what panic really is. And, um, you know, I was gaining information, but I really, it wasn't really changing anything, you know, Mm -hmm. it wasn't really, and even like, you know, I was still like filtering this information as, okay, well, I can take that, but I can't take that because, you know, I have to be in, be in the Bible you know, and I was trying to filter it by the word and make sure it wasn't because all my information I was getting about anxiety and panic was coming from outside of the church. Like Mm -hmm. I wasn't finding, I wasn't finding a lot of help or even, you couldn't even really discuss anxiety in the church because it was a bad thing. You know, it was wrong. It was a sin because, you know, you didn't have faith. Like if you had more faith, you know, and so it was just this, constant condemnation on me. Like, how could I be feeling this way? Um, like Bethany, I would pray, like I would put aside like weeks to just be in prayer. Like I'd put, push everything out of my life. I'd be in prayer, be in the word. Um, I'd literally sleep with my Bible some nights because I was so like, I just wanted an answer. You know, I just wanted Mm -hmm. God to show up. Um, and 
I would um, fast. Like I fasted sometimes unhealthily because I thought, well, if I fast enough, you know, if I fast long enough, I'm going to get that breakthrough. I'm going to get that miracle, you know? Yeah. And so I was doing, using all of these spiritual um, things to try to like, like cure what I was going through. And it was exhausting. It was exhausting. And um, it was not leading me closer to Christ. It was not leading me. um, I was just not I was just not in a good place. Now through all this, I'm also parenting, right? So I've got, I've got these two little boys. Um, I have two biological sons and had them, you know, I had one when I was 21, one when I was 23. So I'm trying to like navigate all of this while I'm parenting. And then the Lord called us to, to adoption, very clearly called us to adopt. Um, from China. Mm -hmm. And so we ended up in this process, like anxiety girl, panic girl is in this process to go to (laughs) the other side of the world. (laughs) Yeah. The other side of the world, which is something I had told, I told the Lord when I was really young, like you can, you can ask me to do anything. I'll do anything for me, for you, but just don't call me like to another country or, you know, like I never wanted to go that far away from home. Like it was terrifying. (laughs) through this process or whatever, I'm still struggling with all of this stuff. I'm still trying to like figure it out. Thank God. Looking back, I'm like the Lord totally carried us through. Like he totally, I mean, if you want proof, there is a God, I can tell you the stories of our adoptions. Like Mm -hmm. they are absolutely incredible. They would blow, they would blow you away. But I really, I really want to use this time to like talk about the anxiety and the panic portion I know not everybody suffers from, um, panic, you know, not everybody's anxiety, like spirals into panic, but I know that there's a lot of people out there that do. And some of them, yeah, some of them don't know what they're even experiencing or what, you know, what that is. And so I really wanted to kind of shine a light on that today because it wasn't until just here recently when I hit like near my forties that. I had given up, like I had given up. I had told the Lord, you know what? I don't know what, I don't know what to do here. Like, I'm not getting any better. This is not, this is not getting better. It seems like no matter how much I pray, how much I, you know, do all the things that I know I'm supposed to do. Cause that's what, you know, the church has told me, this is how you handle it. Mm-hmm. No matter how much I would do that, I was not getting, I was not getting better. So I said, I guess I'll just have to live with it. You know, just have to like, I'll just have to protect myself. I'll just have to stay home. You know, I'll just have to, you know, quit trying to be something that I'm not or whatever. And, um, one Sunday Garrett Grubbs at Sherwood, he preached a sermon about brokenness and he was talking about brokenness and how we're all broken and how the Lord is continually healing us you know, we won't, we won't experience full wholeness until we get to heaven, you Mm -hmm. know? And I was expecting this perfection for myself, like get rid of the, I was trying to get rid of this anxiety and get rid of this panic and get rid of this. And once I got rid of this, then I could be good enough for God. And then he could use me and then he could work through me once Mm -hmm. I got rid of all of this. And so through that sermon, um, the Lord called me to this season of healing. He basically said to me, like, don't ever stop searching for healing. You're, you're not ever supposed to stop. There's always something more around the corner. There's always something he wants to do. There's always growth. There's always learning. He always has another answer. 
And so the answer was not to give up. The answer was to, to keep searching for that healing. And mm-hmm. so um, that just gives you a little bit of the background of where I'm coming from in all of this. And um, obviously not, not the entire story because that would be much longer. <laughs> so, But I think it's powerful because I think there were several things that you said in there that I think are powerful for most of us who listen. The first one is, I think the idea that anxiety somehow disqualifies you or um, is the statement that says you don't have a good walk with God or a good enough faith life or a, you know, that somehow because this is happening, then therefore this relates to your faith journey in a way that. God is up in heaven, shaking his finger at you and right. it's like, Mm-mm, right. that's no good. And right. that, that is something that the Lord, for me over the years, God is like, that is a lie. Yes. Yes. And it's yet, one of Satan's biggest. And, and yet we all hear it. And because shame, because it's basically a lie yes. of shame. Yes. Because shame, he is so quick to layer shame in there. Yep. Then you don't want to talk about it with anybody. Well, and shame just adds fuel to anxiety's fire. Like shame is like the logs, you know, like Mm -hmm. that does not break it down. And this unpopular opinion, anxiety is a gift from God. And let me tell you Mm -hmm. how I've come to understand that because through this journey, I've had to piece together there's more and more Christian resources coming out now mm-hmm. about anxiety. And I'm talking about anxiety, talking about the science of it mixed with the faith of it, because it's not just a spiritual thing. Spiritualness anyway, is a holistic, our spiritual life is emotional. It's mental. It's physical. Like mm-hmm. all of that is included in our spiritual life. When God looks at us, he's not looking at us as a church going person. He's looking at us as his child. You know, you think about your child, you want them to be healthy in every area of their life. You're not just concerned about this portion over the part where they go to school. You know, right. you're, you're concerned about their entire well-being. And so the way that God does this and has he gave us nervous systems. So he gave us these nervous systems and because you know, sin has broken the world and there's evil. Now they have to include anxiety. Anxiety is a warning signal. It is built into us to warn us of, of a threat to our well-being. So our body senses a threat and Mm -hmm. all of a sudden our nervous system turns on and Mm -hmm. that's where anxiety comes from. Cause all of a sudden you're like, Oh my goodness, like what's going, you know, like what's going on. You have those feelings, your heart starts to race, your you know, you can't think clearly. You're just like, what is happening to my body? Sometimes that can cause like fear of actual physical illness. Like there's something wrong. Like I'm having a heart attack or I'm, you know, something's not, not right. And a lot of times that's because our nervous systems are built that way. Like the Lord designed them, you know, it's so that we won't run red lights, you know, and get into accidents. It's so we won't walk through dark parking garages and not be aware of our surroundings. You know, I mean, there's just a need for anxiety. It's a, it's a gift. Now, anxiety, 
because our nervous systems were built, our nervous systems were built to keep us safe, but they're also just like anything else on earth, they're faulty and they're corrupted because we live in a broken world. So, you know, we have things that happen to us, like, especially, you know, any trauma or abuse, like particularly in childhood, because what I learned from adopt from adopting is that the most formative years are before a child can even know or understand what's going on, what's happening Mm -hmm. to them. Like they have no control. They don't, they don't have a choice, you know, from even in the womb, the brain is forming and it's, it's taking in information. And then in the infant years to the age of two, that emotional brain is so like, that's why the bonding of a mother, you know, to, to be with her child, Mm -hmm. to hold her child, all of those things is so important. Like you can't spoil a child. Like you hold that you, you give them a safe place. And so when that safe place is not there, when that's broken, um, there's things that happen in our nervous system. Our nervous system learns the wrong information. You know, it learns that it can't be safe in certain situations. And so things as we grow may trigger the nervous system that we don't even know where they're coming from because we don't, we either don't remember yeah. Or we don't, we think, oh, well, that was when I was a kid, you know, so mm-hmm. we think that it doesn't matter. And so that can, you know, that can damage the nervous system. Um, also stress, hormones, physical conditions, like young mothers, the young mothers that all of a sudden they're thrown into <laughs> to motherhood, you know, yeah. none yeah. of us are ever prepared. Yeah. <laughs> um, and mm-hmm. so all of a sudden you've got this infant that you're a hundred percent responsible for keeping alive you know? And so then you've got all these hormones because your body's changing and, you know, you're producing the milk, you know, and we hear Mm -hmm. of these things like postpartum depression and -hmm. all these real things that are happening to our bodies physically. Those are things that we can't just say, oh, if I had more faith, the worldly expectations around us, you talk about this a lot too, what the world puts on us as mothers, you know, especially now in the information age, like you can't have this car seat. You've got to have this one. If you don't have this baby equipment, you know, throw out this because it's not safe anymore, you, you know, or put, don't put a blanket on your baby. Cause you know, yeah. they could it's die good, overnight, yeah. you know, right. all of those things like, um, are, are turning on our nervous system. Um, and then also one of the other things that has, it's one of the things I fight about, <laughs> I fight against most in my writing is the legalistic performance-based theology, because a lot of us that have been to church all our lives, we might've grown up in church and we think that we, we can tend to have this self-righteousness of, well, I'm doing all these things, right. I'm checking all these boxes. I'm performing, I'm keeping up the performance, but really what that is doing is, um, signaling to our nervous system that we're not safe unless we are checking those boxes. So if you mess up, if you don't do it correctly, if you don't attend church enough, or if you don't, you know, pray long enough, or you don't read enough scripture or, you you know, all of these things that we're constantly like checking, that's, you know, that's affecting our nervous system, but having a nervous system is normal. That's a normal thing. You know, like, I think that we need to say that more often, like having anxiety is normal. Like that's, a normal reaction. And it's serving Mm -hmm. as a warning. A lot of times those warnings can be corrupted 
they aren't necessarily all true. Like when our nervous system turns on, that doesn't necessarily mean that we need to be anxious, but there's a signal there. There's a warning. Um, the Bible speaks to anxiety and fear so many times, but, and Christians will tend to say that the reason why it does is because anxiety and fear are wrong. Cause it's always saying, do not, do not, do not. I have learned that the anxiety that the Bible speaks to anxiety and fear so many times because it's a given that we will experience them. Like they're going to come up. Nobody's. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But I've heard the same thing. And I know that you and I have actually, I think there's been times that we've had this conversation on phone calls. Yes. I think that when did we ever decide that what the Bible's doing is I, I, I believe when you look at the heart of the father and you understand yes. the heart of God mm-hmm. and that his heartbeat is a love for you and compassion for you. And like that scripture that goes, he remembers that we're dust. Yes. I mean, that is where he's coming from. He's not confused right, by us. Right. And so his, yes, it, over and over in scripture, he's like, don't be afraid. Yes. Don't be fearful. Don't, don't worry. Don't fret all these things. Yes. But it's not from a, and I'm checking the box when you did. Right. It's right. from a heart of compassion that goes, let's know truth. Yeah. Let's learn how to, yeah. It's, yeah. it's amazing to me though, but I had to flip that switch in my own mind. Like, yeah. cause I interpreted I distinctly remember I was in college and I read the the Psalm. What Psalm is it that like says, do not fret and whatever version I was reading, it said, do not fret right over and over and over. I think I counted it in that Psalm. I was like, dang, I mean, I got to stop fretting. (laughs) Fretting. Yes. And, um, and, 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 and really like then spending like this whole week going, don't let me fret God. Don't let me fret. (laughs) And and the heartbeat of God. And I remember it was like, it took a while. It was in college. I really began to figure this, that concept out now. Yeah. Yeah. I think in every stage of life, I think the Lord just takes us deeper inside of it. Mm -hmm. I have never mastered anything. I think that the Lord has just helped me go. I learn it here on one level. Yeah. And then life gets a little harder, a little more complex, a little bit different. Yep. Exactly. And God goes, let's relearn it. Right. And then something else shifts and changes and, oh, I have to relearn it again. Yeah. But that was, that was really, it was in college where <clears throat> God said he really was right after that. And he is, first of all, I know you're dusty and <laughs> I'm not, I'm not rebuking you. Right. And instead. I'm here to set you free, but not from all anxiety, but the performance laden mindset that I had that said, I can't fret. Because what does that, what does that do when we start saying, oh, don't let me be anxious. It's like the elephant in the room. Don't look at the elephant. Don't look at the elephant. Mm -hmm. You know, those scriptural reminders, like they're meant to calm us. So Mm -hmm. they're meant for us to be able to, to tell our nervous systems, okay, I, I see you. Like I, I hear you. You're trying to warn me. Okay. Let's calm down. So we can decide 
what the most godly perspective and what the most godly decision is in the face of the threat that you're trying to tell me is here. When feelings of anxiety appear, it isn't healthy to berate ourselves for them, right? It's, it's not healthy for us to start in with the shame and be like, oh, I can't believe I feel like this again. If I could just stop feeling like this, you know, or, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm dishonoring God right now, you know, or I'm not glorifying him because I'm anxious, you know, all of those things, those add shame. That's just stoking the fire. That's not going to let anxiety do its job. It's just going to stoke the fire. Um, Another thing we can't do that's something else that's not healthy is we can't ignore those feelings. We can't just pretend like they're not there. We can't just be like, oh, I'm just going to, you know, it'll be fine after a little while. This will be gone because then what do they do? Well, first of all, that's another form of fear because we're afraid of confronting what it is that's making us anxious. We're afraid of confronting that. So that's just another form Mm -hmm. of, of anxiety. We're having anxiety about actually addressing our anxiety. And then the other thing we can't do, and I, I just see so many Christians do this, Bethany. I did it for so long. We cannot drown anxiety out with quoting scripture, like quoting scripture is a great, I think quoting scripture out loud is so powerful. If you understand the scripture, you understand what it's saying and you understand what you're fighting. So going around saying like, fear is not of God, fear is not of God. You know, if, Yes, fear is not of God, as as in like us being controlled by the spirit of fear. God talks about the spirit of fear, um, us being controlled of the spirit of fear. That is not of God. But anxiety in itself is a lot of times just something that needs to be examined. And so mm-hmm. um, if we just, you know, quote the scriptures, quote the scriptures. Well, you know, two days later, we're probably going to be right back in the same place. Unless, unless we're quoting that scripture out of truly understanding what it's saying and knowing that that is the direct scripture that we need to speak against whatever anxiety, you know, it is because there's different there's anxieties over all kinds of different things. And so um, the healthy response is to examine these feelings, examine anxiety, examine curiosity instead of condemnation. Meaning my first response is not shutting anxiety down and telling it to go away. So a couple of questions when I'm trying to have a a healthier response to my anxiety, a couple of questions I try to ask myself, why am I feeling this way? Like, where is this coming from? You know, what is my body trying to tell me? Is there a threat to my body? There were several times in my life where I can look back and see that my nervous system was right on. Like it was trying to warn me of danger, but I didn't know because I was a child and I didn't have a choice. Like I was trapped in that situation. But the reason my nervous system was going off was because there was, there was a real threat. And looking back, I can see that it's just that I couldn't do anything about it. So then, you know, my body reacts to that. Now, sometimes we don't know why we feel you know, the way that we do. And sometimes it could be just, it's something simple, like, you know, it's that time of the month or, you know, something, something simple like that. But when we, when we get quiet with the Holy spirit, we ask him, you know, what is causing this? What has brought this anxiety up in me? Then we can really start to address the, the root, you know, address what is going on in us. 
Um, what are bot? What is my body trying to tell me? Because God did design this in us. He designed our our systems. Mm-hmm. Emotions are only indicators. They're not. They're not bad. Like we tend, especially in the church, we tend to have a very negative um, view of emotions. But God gave them to us as a gift. Like they're indicators. They're just trying to tell us something. So the next question I ask is: Is that true? Is what is what is bringing up my anxiety? Is that true? Or is it something like I've been through a situation like this before and it turned out one way. And so I think this time it's going to turn out the same way. And so I'm really anxious about it. Well, that's not true. Like, you know, life is not the same every single time. You know, our bodies are designed into habits. So they'll think, well, I have this information from last time. So you know, it must be the same exact thing this time. And so sometimes our nervous systems will, will give off anxiety automatically because they already have that information from before. Mm -hmm. And so they don't know, you know, they don't know any different that that's your body designed to like protect you. And so asking these questions and really trying to uncover where the anxiety is coming from, maybe it's coming from the fact that you haven't eaten or slept right. Maybe you're under so much stress. Maybe Mm -hmm. you have so much on you, so much burden on your shoulders that your body cannot handle it. Like it's giving you a warning signal. Like we are at our max, like maybe you need rest. You know, sometimes it's just as simple as maybe I need rest. Maybe I need to ask people to help. Maybe I need to ask my husband to take the kids and let me just go and release, you know, release some stress. And so it can be as simple as that, but if we will work with the Holy spirit to examine that anxiety and to, to try to find out where it's coming from, whether it's something in your past, you know, if there was trauma or abuse, we talked about that before, um, stress, it could be the expectations. Like you're putting a lot of expectations on yourself that are not God's expectations for you. All of that. Like if we will just examine it it becomes less scary. When you start to ask the Holy Spirit to come in and help you to look at anxiety. Now, a lot of people are resistant to that, especially if you've grown up in church because your first reaction is, oh, but anxiety is bad. Like I can't go like, you know, sit in it and like ask these questions and, and try to figure this out because it's just the automatic reaction that, that faith over fear, faith over fear you know, well, what, what is our faith in? Well, you in, know? can I ask you a question? Is that, I mean, and I, I really don't know is, but I think you might know is that, is that phrase in the word of God? No, it's not. As a matter of fact, I always say faith isn't the opposite of fear. Love is because the Bible says that perfect love casts out all fear. We, we want to say faith is the opposite of fear. And yes, Faith in God's love for us, like faith, if we believe in the height, depth and breadth of God's love for us and how that encompasses us and how when God looks at us, he sees his dearly loved children and think about how much you love your kids, like how, how the moms on this podcast love, they're not listening to this just for fun. They're listening to this because they love their kids and they want to do, they want to be the best mother that they can. That kind of love the father has for you 10, a hundred times more, like all the stuff that you want to do for your kids, 
all the things, you know, like I talked about earlier, it's holistic. It's not like you don't tell your kids, well, if you do this, this, and this, then I'll love you. Or then I'll be pleased with you. It's Mm -hmm. a holistic, you love your kids, no matter what they could, you know, they make mistakes all the time and Mm -hmm. you love them and you love them enough to, to want to help them to change and to see their mistakes and to move forward in a better way. But you don't turn your back and say, oh, well, you know, you, you screwed up one too many times, you know? Um, and so I, I think my, the best message I could, I could give today that I hope sticks is God loves us perfectly right in the middle of whatever our nervous system is doing. Like he loves us perfectly right in it. Like he holds us perfectly in it. He carries us perfectly in it. He is with us in that fire. Like Mm. the Bible tells us that he will be with us in the fire. He will be with us in the flood. Those are powerful questions, aren't they? That Candace posed right here at the end of this first part of this conversation. The questions again that she asks are, where is this feeling of anxiety coming from? What is my body trying to tell me? Is that true? What, if anything, can I do? Those are her four questions that she uses. But I think what really even settles my heart as I begin to use these questions myself is the statement that she puts at the end. She says, I know I am protected by God's perfect love. If you want an easy copy of these questions, Candace has made it as a download that you can come and grab from the show notes to help you remember. And next week, as we finish this conversation, I think you will begin to understand all the more how you too can walk with anxiety, understanding God's love in the middle of the anxiety, in the middle of the feelings, in the middle of the worry and not feel condemned and feel like God is up there shaking his finger at you or saying, why are you like this? Because mama, he's not. He longs more than anything to come alongside of you, to undergird you, to wrap his arms around you, like he promises in scripture that he will put you under his wing and hold you tight. That is his heartbeat for you and for me. Thanks for sitting at the table with us. And I look forward to finishing this conversation with you next week. I hope you enjoyed this episode of When God Breaks Through. If you're wanting to connect with me and with other moms walking in the same messy moments, head over to bethanykimsey.com. That's where you'll also find the show notes with any links, as well as more resources you can grab to help you see That when God breaks through, when we see Jesus at work, the fuzzy intersection of real-life mothering and the gospel becomes very clearly defined. We can walk with confidence and purpose. Have a grace-filled day.